This is a word of God for people of God. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You may sit down. <laughs> Let me introduce um, Reverend Joseph Wan. Um, Reverend Joseph Wan is our guest speaker today. He's an oncologist, a pastor with a great, great passion for missions, and a longtime member of KUMC of Ann Arbor. He has been a great supporter of LGM over the years, and we are really glad to have him speak for us today. Let's give Dr. Wan a warm welcome. Nineteen ninety one. Long time ago, right? Some of you might have been born yet. Um, it was like a springy morning. I was rounding one of the local community hospital. There was a lady twenty seven years old then. And she had breast cancer. And maybe there's a medical students that cancer spread to the Meninges, it's the covering of the brain. Frequently, the breast cancer, when they become stage four, goes down. As you go, they slowly lose, it, lose your, their consciousness, and then um, they die. It's not to tell you the sad story about some dying breast cancer patient, but that morning, I was walking in, and it frequently causes the uh, blindness because it uh, involves the occipital lobe and the cancer grow and just like this they can lose sight. That morning there's a four-year-old little girl, beautiful girl. And all of a sudden at the moment I was rounding this patient says, I cannot see. I cannot see. Where's my daughter? Where's Marianne? I mean I was wondering what's going on and I knew cancer has gone too far. And the, the daughter ran into me, Mommy, Mommy, it's me. I cannot see you anymore. Then the daughter turned around since I was walking in the white gown. She says, Who did this to my mother? Oh my God, it shocked me so much. Who did this to my mother? The question linked around. I mean, that time, I just um, started my practice, and patients were flowing like crazy. Everything was going well. But that little girl's shouting at me and said, who did this to my mother? I couldn't answer. She was squeaking on my, my thigh and just keep pounding at me. Who did this to my mother? So I decided to go to seminary. That was the reason I went to seminary. 
you know, after I went to Northwestern, <laughs> I just went to take a few courses called, called theodicy. If God is almighty, if God controls everything, if it's greater than the evil, how can this thing can happen? To innocent mom, maybe mom's okay. How can it be done to four years old? I still remember her name, Marianne. I still feel like every Sunday morning, sometimes, you know, whenever I remember that, I feel like it's just like cling on my leg and say, who this to me? You know what? I went to the uh, seminary. I studied, the, there was no class that time. But I studied like Hebrew and I studied Greeks, other things, and then I, had a, I took a three courses, uh, New Testament, Introduction to New Testament Theology. It was so interesting. <laughs> I keep thinking. I flew from here to Northwest <laughs> because I had a good practice that time. My, one of my uh, girls was supposed to pick me up from the airport to, to the practice or home. My, my wife did so many rides to, to because I, I couldn't help it. It was so interesting. <laughs> Not to become a pastor, I'm, thank God, <laughs> but it was so interesting. It took, usually take three years to finish the Master of Divinity. I didn't mean to, but I, I was into it. It took me four years to graduate. Master of Divinity. I'm a master of God. <laughs> master of Divinity. And I become a pastor. I couldn't become a pastor in the Methodist church because, well, I tell you the story though. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm, uh, I have no fixed time, but I'll make sure you'll be done in an hour. <laughs> I'm in total service, not, not the, my sermon. <laughs> I can't, used to be, and I can't do that anymore, so don't worry about it. So they asked me to to be ordained because I just graduated and so I asked them how much are you gonna pay me? <laughs> thirty five thousand. I said, Wow, how can you make a living with thirty five thousand? <laughs> that was uh, nineteen ninety five, so it wasn't that bad. But uh, I asked my wife, they're gonna pay me thirty five thousand dollars, but they're gonna pay me a house, free house, maybe car allowance. My wife immediately said, no, thank God. <laughs> but that wasn't, but I still pursued, pursued the ordination track. The critical time was this. The, there was an ordination board. Uh, White, Mr. White is here. <laughs> but somehow, <laughs> fat, <laughs> white, Eight pastors sitting in front of me, <laughs> looking down. The first question they asked me was, why did you come to the United States? I was so shocked. I was going to ask me, why are you a pastor? What is your calling? They called me, why did you come to the United States of America? And what year? Somehow I got something crunching coming up my, you know, on my, on my large intestine, a sickle area. I came out. 
was a gut feeling. It was a moment of what I'm going to do. Do I just appease them, get ordained, which may not pursue to the end? So, but, uh, you know, I was young that time, and I had no fear. <laughs> so I said, Sir, if you answer my question, I'll ask you a question. <laughs> oh, then everybody will say, Whoa, who is this guy? <laughs> so he said, This ordination board, you answer our question. No. I said, Why did you come to the United States? 1978. So I said, if you don't want to hear me, I'm going to ask you a question. Sir, why did you come to the United States? At that time, I said, I, I gave up actually inside. This is something, B and something. <laughs> I'm not going to take this. Why did you come? Oh, I was born here. So I said, why did your grandfather come to the United States? <laughs> No, they were born here. No, 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 no. You know what I mean. Your original sperm and your DNA. And when you were somebody's in the loin, why did your great, 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 whatever grandfather came to the United States? He says, I don't know. You know what I said? You know the answer. If you're not going to tell me, I'm not going to tell you. I'm an oncologist. I don't, you don't have a doctor. That time there's like a euthanasia issue, coverkin issues ongoing. There's a lot of homosexual issues going on, everything. I can be a good asset for the church. If you don't, if you don't need me, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> so I walked away. <laughs> That's why I couldn't become a United Methodist pastor. But I'm so glad I said it. Because there was a delicate discrepancy, I mean, discrimination ongoing there. All people looking down. I'm not going to be ordained by your hand. I'm going to stand up. Because even though minority, God has, in God's side, there's no minority. You can't compete anybody. I can beat you anytime. I was so self-proud young man. So that's why I'm not ordained, yes, but there was a church in California, Global Mission uh, the denomination. I was ordained, I think, 19, no, 2005 or so. Since then, my main mission is to go out to the world, to the people who is hungry, who is lonely. I think if Jesus comes today, his concern will be still there <laughs> because that's where God's heart is. We are here to call and collect and gather people who is neglected as Jesus is, who is sick, who is hungry. I think the mission of the church, any church has to be like that to me. We have to go instead of having them come back. And 1991, I uh, know, 19, year 2000. That's why I come to this church. I was a, a minister, speaker of this LG, they didn't call LGN. 
I was like, you don't have every Sunday. <laughs> I was preaching here. <laughs> That's why he said any newcomer came. I didn't come. I didn't raise my hand. I was here long before. Year 2001, and I was, I was preaching for the young people. And I went down today. I remember that, church, that, the, that area. I used to come every Thursday. And I was leading Bible study for the adults. So called the disciples. So this church is very familiar with me. I'm so glad it looks so good and clean and nice. I'm, you know, be honest with you, I'll pray. You don't leave this church. <laughs> I pray you take over that church. You're, you're grown up now. That's honest my prayer. Pastor Kang become uh, main pastor, senior pastor, and then senior pastor become under. It's about time. They're old. I'm getting old. I'm 72. I used to be 42. But that happens. There's a time comes. Our second generation. You're not second generation. You're the first generation, actually. You have to take it over. Because they're going to die. I'm going to die. Who's going to do it? This is this beautiful building. We spent money and everything for you. When we prayed, when we was praying for this church building, Everybody said, God, give us this building. We'll just make it big. We'll make a Korean community, and then we'll give this to our next generation. We'll pray it. So I think it's going to happen. Don't look for the church. Just hang around there and take it over. Well, don't tell them what I said. At the same time, who cares? What are they going to do about that? But that's what we prayed. That's what we prayed. I want Steve to become a senior pastor. Why can't I? And that, that's my prayer, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a simple reference, okay? There's nothing you have to follow. I just retired two years ago. It's so good. It's so good because I want to do whatever I want to. One night, I, you know, we have a nice house in Florida. <laughs> that's the results of oncologists. <laughs> in the wintertime, you go down there. It's so clean. I live in an island. The, the, Winter time. If you look at the sky, it's, it's just just thousands and thousands of uh, uh, s- s- stars up there. It's so clean. I see the clearly the Milky Way, all kind of uh, the stars. And some all of a sudden, like about seven years ago, all of a sudden I feel like what's there? I mean, it's just just vast all around. How far is it? How deep is it? I couldn't, I mean, I was, summer was so amazed. So I start watching the, you heard about Brian Green, that fabrics of cosmos? It started me intriguing into the cosmology. And then, once I start knowing about the cosmology, I need to do, know some physics because the language is physics. So I start taking online courses in the Yale of the, uh, the physics because I was so poor about it. So I started all from the high school physics to all the way to tensor. And I finally figured out the uh, Einstein's general relativity. I can derive it now. So I become from physician to what? Changed a little bit at the end from physician. I'm like, act like to be a 
physicist. <laughs> it's amazing. I can I I think I feel like the language of creation is like mathematics and physics. So I'm gonna show a picture. Okay. Looks so small. Our universe is ninety-eight billion not mile light years wide. Isn't that amazing? How big that is? Light goes to one billion years, ninety-eight billion. Somebody calculate how many miles? It's like five hundred times ten to twenty-fifth power. So far and fast. Surprisingly, it's still expanding. You know that every moment it's expanding faster than light speed. We are there. I mean, it's not there. We are. We're not there. We are. We're in it, right? Fast, fast universe. That's our God. Infinite, large, and big includes everything in there. So, all the stars we're watching is. Well, it's all 98% is galaxies, you know that? It's not stars. Galaxies, only 2% is the stars actually around you. Galaxies. About 10 billion galaxies in the universe. We are in the Milky Way galaxy, right? Milky Way galaxy has about 10 billion stars too. The solar system is at the corner real corner of the Milky Way galaxy, and uh, we are one of the planets of, of the sun called Earth. Out of there, we're in the United States. Out of there, we're in Michigan. Out of there, we're in another. And out of there, we're one of them. If you compare with the big universe, you know how small we are, how little we are. Somehow, human being, we think we're big. We think we're big. We're so pumped up as inflationary cosmos expanding. So C.S. Lewis, you know C.S. Lewis is one of the great thinkers in the 20th century from England. He thinks our biggest problem and sin is our pride. It's, it's, it's a satanic. It's it's. It's when the Adam and Eve took the uh, fruit of uh, good and evil. Their idea was, I want to be like God. I want to be like God. They, they took it. And they think they're God. That's our society. That's who we are. And that causes our sin and its eternal, eternal uh, damnation of, because of our sin. And God sent Jesus Christ restore us. When God created the whole universe, when he created one of us, and he, he gave his breath, the living soul called ruh. That Hebrew word ruha, it's, it really sounds like a Korean word, uh, like a breath. Heba, ruh. <laughs> ruh is a guttural sound, kind of ruh. Ruh. God breathed into the ruh. And then that's the only reason of who we are. The living soul, we become living soul because of the ruha God has given to us. 
we gave it up. We fade away. And still think we're big. How big are you? Out of this 98 billion light years of the cosmos, how small you are, how little you are. And yet, every day, just look at you, look at me. I act like, I talk like, I behave like I'm the best. Everybody else, you follow my standard. I yell at them, I scream at them, and I demand for them. Look down at them. That's the state of human being. Whatever big you are, you know how small we are too? Our body is made of what? It's organs, right? Everybody has a brain, everybody has a liver, cardiovascular system. We have a musculoskeletal system. We have a system called integumentary system. You know what that is, anybody know? It's a skin. It covers us and looks nice. If we didn't have a skin, it would have been ugly, right? Our eye would be burst out, our nose is just, just, just melting away. You can see my liver, I can see the feces filled colon and sacrum. We're all covered with the skin. What is the, our, our organ made of? It's uh, made of some kind of molecules, right? Molecules are made of what? Atoms. It's getting smaller and smaller. What is the atoms made of? It's high schooler here. It's a nucleus and electron, right? What is nucleus made of? Uh oh. That's quarks, right? Quarks. Okay? Proton and neutron, they're made of quarks. Three quarks, two up, one down. Two down and one up, it, it makes our protons and neutrons. So if you think about it, we all made up just quark and electrons. So, so I am Joseph one, but God says, you're quark and electron. <laughs> We're just little, little small things made up. And yet, we walk around, it's like we're somebody. Because of our pride. Because of our original sin, we think we are big. We are inflationary. And that causes all problems. There is a big space between nucleuses and electron. You heard about that? There's a nucleus here, electron. They don't rotate, but they're around. In between is empty space. So if you think that big church down there is a whole atom. Nucleus is less than a dot. So in between, there's empty space. So if everything collapses as the quarks and the electron, we're less than a dot. Less than a dot. But God came. God came as like us to give us a minute. God came to us, came, came to us as Jesus Christ to give us a new life that, to recover that ruha in us. So we can be valuable, we can be co-creator with, with, with our creator. God wants to dream the dream with him in this humanity. That's why we're here. That's why we are so special. It's not like somebody coming out of some, some society, some groups, we are here because 
We believe, we have faith that Jesus Christ came upon us to give us a meaning out of quarks and electrons, out of so vast universe. God wants you his blessings and his meaning of life and make you somebody. That's called faith. Faith. Faith is not something you can figure out. Faith is not something you can discuss. Faith is nothing that science can prove it. Faith is a gift. The reason you came this morning in the church, I think you're hooked. <laughs> to come and sit down and praise his name out of nowhere, the one you cannot see, you're hooked. Faith is an entanglement that makes God and us to be one. I think two years ago, Nobel Prize was the quantum entanglement. Two electrons create at the same time. Even if they are million lighters apart, they still behave. They're beyond space and time. Faith makes you and us and you and me entangled with God. We become his thoughts. And God becomes in our existence and we are in him, he's in us. So faith is not something that we can take it lightly, that faith makes you entangled with God. Faith gives us a new possibility. Faith gives us a new dimension. If we walk in one dimension, we just only go here and there. We have no idea what's going on in the y-axis, right? Just x going on. If you're in in the plane, you can walk in between y and x-axis. When you have one more dimension, what happens? The Z come out. There's a multitude of new possibilities, right? You don't have to be standing in the plane. Faith gives you another dimension. That's what the Bible says. You can, make a, you can move a mountain. There's nothing impossible. That's where your word can have a power and authority to control the world, not become conformed by it, but you can transform the world. That faith can make you those. That's a gift. It's given to us. So I want, my friends, it's a, being a Christian and walking Christian faith is not just a small thing. It's a, it's a, it's a cosmological transformation of what the Ephesians says. It's the things you can change. You can make a new possibility getting out of this 4D world. You can come out of new faith dimension. You can run this world. You can make impossible possible. You can make your love change and transform all this world. And God counts on you. To do that, you have to be confident with it. To do that, you have to start walking in a, in a faith. Faith is not a feeling good. Faith is not something confident. Faith is not something not you say um, that you know, I can do and scream it. Faith is an action that you have to Take connection. You heard about River Jordan, right? River Jordan, when the people crossing to go to Jericho, the River Jordan never was departed until they put their feet on it. Red Sea was never departed until Moses hit that water with his uh, with his uh, rod. Our fate walk has to be an action, not just a, a feeling and coming to the church. 
That's only faith that can transform this world. That's the only faith you can have it, you can own it, and make it and transform your life, everyday life. Today's Bible says, rejoice always. It's a very small thing. If you have a faith, if you're, if you're just grasped, what Paul Tully said, what Tully said, if you're grasped by faith of God, your life has to be joyful. Oh, Dr. Wan, but I don't feel joyful. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. And then you become joyful. So the emotion, you can never follow emotion because emotion will never start begin with. I want you, before I end my sermon, just say, I want to be joyful. Just, just smile. That's all you have to do. <laughs> just think positive. Just say, because I am child of God, because I have a faith that nobody has in this world, because I'm special, God has appointed me to this world and this world. I'm going to be joyful. Can you practice? <laughs> That's it. You do it. Maybe two, three times a day, you're going to be joyful. That's the faith. In spite of I don't feel. Faith is in spite of In spite of I don't feel joyful, I'm going to feel joyful because I'm going to make my life joyful. It's God is in us. See? That's the action first. I like to watch the uh, dog whisperer. You know dog whisperer? I, I, was, I watched one systematic thing. There was a dog so abused, and he was just got a new, new uh, adopted uh, family, and he always go in the corner. He always walked like this. So this whisperer came, and he tried it, it didn't work. So you know what he did? He tied a small rope from neck to his tail. It's not really strong and then painful. So if he put his head down, what would happen? His tail goes up because his head is just tied up. His tail goes down, what happened? His head goes up. I saw literally he changed the dog. He can no longer be just, just, just sitting down to get the corner. Well, when I look at my second generation Koreans, <laughs> we're sort of sad sometimes. We're not like other people that we're so joyful. We have something thinking seriously too much or whatever the society does to us. I want you to be joyful. That's what God wants you to do. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord. Remember who you are, what God's plan is, what God's blessing is. What's his plan in you? God is with you. That's a, it's not a small thing. Rejoice. Rejoice. And uh, if you want, I can, I can buy small the uh, parachute line. They're selling so, so cheap in the Amazon. <laughs> Tie something in your neck and your tailbone. When the head goes down, let your butt stand up. <laughs> the butt goes down, <laughs> let your head stand up. Because we can do it. God will be with you when you do it. Because you took an action. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Look at your family. Look at your places. Maybe you're the one who makes it so sad, so dark and gloomy. We are sent to make this world to be joyful because of Jesus Christ. Second Philippians 4, 7 says, second, 
It, it, it says here, the what? My version was different. My version says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Let your gentleness to be evident to all. You know what that means? Be loving. Be caring. I know not everybody around you are like that. But we are people of faith. We are people of faith. Why don't you start? Just be loving and caring. Just tap somebody's back. Keep your hand to be up. That's what we are called for. That's what Jesus did. When you do that action, you become a gentleman and gentlewoman. <laughs> you may not be now. By doing it, we change our life. By doing it, we draw God's attention. By doing it, we become the center of the world. By doing it, we become men and women of faith. And those are the ones who change this world. Not the church, not the group. The one small one walking with faith. With his confidence, what God will do, be gentle. Gentleness comes from love. Love is not a saying or an emotion. We abuse love so much, right? I love McDonald's, the same thing as I love you. I love some program or music, the same as touching your wife and say, I love you. Love is more than that. Jesus didn't do that. The love we're talking about, the gentleness and caring is from action. I want you to remember very closely today. That's the only thing you want. Love is the act of unselfish sacrifice. Do they translate like that? Oh, mine is not too bad. I was worrying my Korean accent. This one, I The love is act, underlined three times. The love is act of unselfish sacrifice. If you love your wife, how many married? I don't know. If you love your husband, do one thing, one sacrifice, unselfish sacrifice. You love your parents, do you love your friends, do something unselfish. Because all this world teaches you, if it's not for you, don't do it. But the man of faith and our Jesus Christ says, do something. Unselfishly, in the name of sacrifice. I bet you it'll change your life. It'll change and transform your society where you are. It'll change your family. Do become gentle by practicing the act of unselfish sacrifice. Don't let this word be foreign to you. That's what I called for. A Christian walk starts there, starts from the Lastly, says pray. Says pray. This is a big issue of modern Christians. We have no prayer life. We want to win the world with Christian love and Christian Christian doctrines and Jesus Christ. Islams. They pray five times. How often you pray? If you say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Can you spend five minutes in the morning before you do anything? Can you set a time, maybe five to ten minutes a day, as a commitment, as a token to you, token to your faith? Can you set a part of time, a little time? I know you eat three times a day. 
Det är inte mycket färd. But is there? Is there any commitment in this world who said I follow Jesus? Who can set a time? Set apart. Precious time. Pray. God is looking for a young woman, young man like that. Because he wants commitment. He did his thing. He did everything. He sacrificed himself for you. I don't want to be proud of it, but I was born right after the Korean War, during the Korean War. Oh, today is June 25th, right? Korean War broke up. I was so hungry, I was so poor. But 1967, I had a Holy Spirit experience. I started speaking tongues. I knew God is alive in me. Since that time, since 1967, I never missed my sepikido. Early morning prayer. You're getting old like me. I woke up at 4 o'clock these days. <laughs> 5 o'clock, 5.30, when church bell rings in Korea, there's always sepikido. I'm there. Even medical school, even to my internship. Because I know without him, I'm nothing. I'm just a quirk in electron. I'm just part of the vast universe. I'm just one of them. My meaning is, what is my relationship with him? I beg you. God is searching every day. Is there any young and bright soul that's still searching for me, still hungry for me, still asking his presence? It doesn't matter what's the good you It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how fame, how much fame you have. The owner of the vast universe is still looking for a person. Now with the pride, humbly kneeling and searching for God. God can be your fortress. God, God can be your, your tower. God can give you whole strength, but he cannot just throw it away because it will be used as a throwaway because it will make you more prideful. When you ask, when you bend, when you pray, you know what? God has no choice. God has no choice but help you. God has no choice but with you. God has no choice but be your team. Don't look at the world. We're living in there. We're not of the world. Show God who you are. Okay? We are nothing, but we are something. This God is with us. You can show that with your faith. Okay? As Philippians says, joyful, because you are God's man and woman. Be gentle and share things because you have plenty in God. Show who you are. It's a man and woman of prayer. Okay? Let us, let us sing that, that song.